0: Thank you for listening to Drinking With Authors. This podcast contains adult themes, adult language, adult subjects, including alcohol, sex, and solipsistic existential nihilism. So we ask if you are drinking along with us to please drink and listen responsibly. I'm sorry, you had to find out this way.
1: Actually, I found out other ways. Let's not even get into that on this podcast, though. Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay. Welcome to Drinking With Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance, and with me, as always, is...
0: As almost always. Yes.
1: Oh, that's true. It's almost always. Almost always.
0: Is co-host. The,
1: co- it's not co-host. Yeah, it is. Okay, go for it. This okay. is a really weird intro. Can I, can I
0: be the host and you can be the co-host? Yes, yeah,
1: so start again.
0: Okay. Welcome to Drinking With Authors. I'm your host, Austin Scott Collins, and with me is my sidekick...
1: Eric, what the hell? What the <laughs> fuck just happened? Okay, no, we're getting to the author now. This is why we can't have nice things. And with us today is the amazing and intrepid Eric Deckers. Say hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Not so bad. Cool. So we're going to just dive right in here. Eric, tell us a little bit about what you write.
2: So I am, for fun, I am a humor writer, a newspaper humor columnist. I've been doing fiction lately. Uh, my day job is
0: I am a corporate ghost writer. Uh, huh? A writer for corporate ghosts. Yes.
1: <laughs> what undead person have you been writing for recently? Just kidding. Um, you're a, cor- what, a- wait, what is so a I, corporate I, ghost? What is that even, I didn't even know that was a job.
2: So I write blog articles and web copy for companies, but I publish it all under their name. I used to tell people I was a professional blogger and they'd say, really, is, you know, all published under your name and. I got tired of explaining that, so I wanted to explain a new thing, and so I like corporate the ghost blogger. I like corporate ghost, ghost blogger. You know, it's funny as I work with um,
1: high school students, and this isn't even close to a job that they would think. Hey, if you want to grow up, you can be a corporate ghost blogger. Okay, Do you, you your, could be
0: an administrative pediatrician. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, I'm letting that go. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Okay, so. You have recently published one fiction book, or have you published fiction before?
2: Uh, That was my first fiction book. I've published other books.
1: Okay. So your first fiction book is called?
2: Mackinac Island Nation.
1: And give us, we like the elevator pitch, or you can do the really long pitch and work back to
2: the elevator pitch. Or first one and then the other. Okay. Yes. So basically, imagine if Mackinac Island, Michigan were forced to secede from the United States, and Congress took two years to repatriate it. What would that look like?
1: Wow. See, that uh, I, it would probably look much better than our current state of affairs. No offense. But yeah. <laughs> I think they'd be much happier. So what made you come up with this idea?
2: So my wife and I, uh, when we lived in Indiana, we would visit Mackinac Island about once a year. And uh, that was in the late 90s. And I would always wonder what would happen because the island is dependent on the mainland. You know, they don't grow their own food and they have to have ships and ferries coming with all kinds of stuff. And I, I wondered what would happen if they no longer had that. And, uh, and so that kind of rattled around in my brain for you know, a good 15 years before I started to write down some ideas and, and flesh it out. And uh, after about four years, uh, finally became a published book. That's very cool. I'm kind of
0: hoping it's a Lord of the Flies scenario.
2: I actually was
1: just thinking that. I was like, do they eat each other? Wait. Wait for him to tell
2: you. No, No, uh, no, they, they still remain civilized, and they still have the ships and ferries coming in. But because the United States is the United States, and because we are a capitalist society, the government and corporate America treats the island very badly. Like, as soon as the day independence starts... The cell phone companies and the uh, satellite companies shut off all access to the island because now they are outside the United States.
1: And everybody had to remember what it was like before cell phones. You know, this is actually a horror book for most (laughs) teenage America. Yes. You could tout it as that. It's a horror book for most teenagers. A dystopian
0: fantasy of (laughs) life without cell phones.
2: a horror book later for uh, older Americans because the Canadians come and help and and so they have access oh, to now Canadian you know. cable and Canadian telecom. And so, like, everybody's Canadian all excited. Healthcare. Uh, no, unfortunately, <laughs> no. Um, but they, they're all excited that, hey, we still get cell phones and we still get, you know, we, you know, we can watch uh, the CBC and everyone's excited. We can watch, uh, um, you know, hockey and everyone's excited. We can watch Canadian football and everyone's
0: sad. And
1: <laughs> Canadian Is that soccer? Do no, they, it's no. actual football. Oh, they play football up but
0: there? But it's different. It's just, it's very polite.
1: Is it very? Oh, I'm sorry. Can I have the ball? Can no? The
0: okay, are, you can keep yeah, you, just, you just keep it. <laughs> the you fields are it.
2: wider. They're a little bit longer, and some of the rules are
0: different.
1: Of course. Why would we keep anything consistent? In and the world? I would imagine
0: they don't have yards either. They probably do meters. No, right? they still do yards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is that like the only place in Canada that you're going to see a yard instead I think of so. a meter? It's Canadian football. Yes.
1: Oh, that's bizarre. Okay. So, it obviously, took you a while <clears throat> to do your first fiction book. Why is that?
2: Um for all of 2017, I didn't touch it. I, since I write for my day job and I'm constantly writing at the end of the day, I didn't want to write more and I didn't want to read. And so I think I, I opened up that folder once in all of 2017 and then decided I didn't want to do it. And so I just, I didn't touch it for the whole year. And then 2018, I thought, you know, I've screwed around with this long enough. I'm going to finish it. And so, uh, so I finished it and and then uh, used the first part of
0: 2019 to polish it up and put it on Amazon and publish it.
1: That's very cool. But so, that's a pretty
0: common experience, though, yeah. right? Is you just you look at your manuscript, it's like, you know what? No. Yep.
1: <laughs> so I have a question. You've been writing for a long time, right? Um, do you did you ever want to be a fiction writer when you started writing? Did you go? You know what? Okay. I get ahead of myself all the time. This is what happens. Vodka. Oh, we didn't discuss what we were drinking. Austin, your intro screwed me up. (laughs) Damn it.
0: That happens a lot. It does. What are we drinking? I derailed your train of thought. Mm. So for me, it's rum and coke. Same.
1: Okay. Well, I'm back to my vodka with cucumber and lime. I think I'm going to be that girl for
0: a little while. You are that girl. Oh, shut up. Okay. So slow down so you can catch up with yourself.
1: Okay. Oh. Sorry. My nail was bothering me. Okay. So, um... The question I had is Did you ever want to be a fiction writer when you started writing? By the way, we're actually putting this on video so they get to see all the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Yeah, Austin's, Including like you playing with your hangnail.
1: I was. Yeah. It was bothering me. It <laughs> drove me nuts. We can. Our
0: whole fiction I don't care what you know <laughs> about us.
1: Okay. So, um, you. when did you start writing? Take us back in time. Scooby Doo. Let's go back in time to the beginning.
2: I wanted to be a writer. When I was, first when I was 12, uh, when I was in sixth grade, I got this book on like how to be a writer and it was, it was this book of essays of like Kurt Vonnegut and, uh, and all these other writers, uh, okay, (laughs) but, um, but I, I read this book, and I realized that this was a thing that I could
0: do.
1: Yay for recording in your home! Just in case anyone's wondering, that's my boyfriend yelling it for honor. Go, team. So,
0: uh,
1: okay, so you realize you
2: So I read this book, and I thought I want to be a writer, but then I didn't do anything about it. And then when I was uh, 16, I read uh, Because a Banned Books Poster Told Me Not To. Uh, hey, read, there you go. Reverse psychology. I read... Psychology. Yep. I read uh, Catch-22 and uh, Breakfast of Champions hmm. and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There you go. Uh, that I is thought, one of
1: my favorites, Hitchhiker's Guide well, to the yep. Galaxy. Shout out to
0: Douglas Adams.
2: Yep, and I thought, I want to do that. I, wanna, I want to be able to write satire and make fun of people, and I want to <laughs> swear in books.
1: Okay, those are, those are life goals. I like that.
2: And then, again, I didn't do anything with it, and I didn't start writing until I was in college, and I started writing for my uh, daily newspaper. And just sort of kept doing it from there. I was always pretty good at it and didn't realize it. <clears throat> but I would uh, I would just write whenever I could. And then I started writing essays. And I thought, I could be an essayist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not realizing there's no such job. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
2: now. <laughs> but if I had lived in the 1800s, I could have easily been an essayist.
0: Or a pamphleteer. Uh, sadly, oh, that was... man, that is a career we need to bring back. I know. I so would what do you do? Be... I'm a pamphleteer.
2: So that wasn't an option, and so I thought, maybe I'll be a columnist, but I I could only write funny stuff, so I decided I will be a humor columnist. I was a big fan of Dave Barry, and uh, so I started writing a a humor column, and I had a small weekly paper in northern Indiana that started publishing me, and they still do, 25 years later.
1: You've been writing for a paper for 25 years? That's, That's actually impressive.
2: I've done, let's see... Thursday was like number 1291 or 87, 1287. And,
0: and Dave Barry also made the leap from writing a humor column to writing a fiction novel because mm-hmm. he did uh, Big Trouble. Yep, he's, and
2: he's done a couple of those. He did uh, Naked Came the Manatee mm-hmm. with big collaboration with a bunch of other writers.
1: So what do you, what is this 25, 25 years later? What are you writing? What is your column for that paper?
2: Uh, so I've, now I've got uh, 10 papers around Indiana that uh, carry it. And um, uh, I just write about whatever. You know, something that comes up in current events, I try to write about. I stay away from politics. but Which you know,
1: all of us would like to stay away from yep.
2: politics. So politics.
0: <coughs> but um, and What write, is the name of your column so people can oh, find it uh, and look it up? Laughing Stalk laughing stock is that one word
2: or two two words s-t-a-l-k because i'm from indiana and we have corn (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'm from indiana we have
2: corn that should
1: actually be that state's tagline what is the indiana state tagline we should look it up
2: there was a commercial for indiana beach which is a a theme park it's like shitty walt disney (laughs) um you okay over there okay no That was a but nice their cube, commercial but the wrong way. <laughs> their commercial starts out with there's more than corn in Indiana. And for <laughs> There's additional are, corn too. Yeah, for people who's not who are not from Indiana, that, you know, that's kind of news to them.
1: I did uh, t- Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't even comment on that. So, laughing stalk like the corn.
0: <laughs> laughing stalk.
1: Stalk, don't you know? Um
0: it, it's a nuanced difference. Yes. Yes, we're, we're all about nuance on Drinking With Authors. No,
1: we're not. That's we are thing.
0: all about nuance, Erica. No, no. Hey, look, we are nuanced as balls, okay? No. We are lousy with nuance up in here. Are
1: you like...
0: The drunker you get, the less nuanced there is. That's true. Okay, so tell us about, <laughs> <laughs> about Laughing Stalk. <laughs> so, it's, um,
2: so I just write about personal ideas, personal thoughts, personal experiences, or current events, something going on that, you know, somebody has done something idiotic and I'm going to write about it, Mm. which makes it really hard to stay away from politics because there's just, idiocy abounds.
1: Oh, we're, Uh, we're, we've made it very clear where we stand on our current president at this point in time, and I'm surprised that's not your weekly column. So wait, how often do you, is it weekly? Weekly. Okay. I can't do math, so I couldn't figure out the 1200, (laughs) but.
0: Is that really math?
1: It is math. If you want to figure, he said 25 years, 1,200. If you divide it, I'm sure there's a number in there.
0: True, true, but you're assuming it's on a regular interval. Yes, It's every week.
1: 1,200. It's yeah. on a regular interval. Why is this even a question, Austin? It could be
0: like 1,207. Okay, I'm not even
1: talking to you anymore.
0: <laughs> so, I've never It could be a, a prime number You've in the Fibonacci series. never missed a deadline.
1: Wow. Okay, so you're something to look up to from a journalist, because that's a journalist when you're writing for a paper, correct? Yes. If we're going to qualify this. And and so how come at this point in time, and I can say this because I'm not twenty five, how come it took you so long to take the leap into fiction bill? Which I've decided is a city somewhere located in the Midwest?
2: <laughs> well with corn I've never I've never thought that like writing a novel is not necessarily the be all end all for writers.
1: Oh, I've ooh, written... you're going to get some fights. Listen, that is not the focus of drinking with authors, nor do we take any responsibility <laughs> Yeah, you know the email to complain to, folks.
2: <laughs> no, but I've written, I've co-authored four nonfiction books. About? Uh, social media, personal branding, social marketing.
0: And since we're talking about uh, branding, you want to give us the names of those books? Uh, first one is uh, called Branding Yourself. How to Use Social Media to Invent or
2: Reinvent Yourself. Uh, I did No Bullshit Social Media. Wrote that with uh, Jason Falls. I did one called The Owned Media Doctrine, which is about corporate blogging uh, for large companies. And uh, early on, I helped a friend. I ghost co-authored half of Twitter marketing for dummies.
1: (laughs) Trigger marketing? Twitter. Twitter 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 marketing marketing for dummies.
2: Yeah, that was in 2009.
1: But at that point in time, you were also undead.
2: Yes. Okay,
1: I'll just clarify. So, um, that... Okay, so so when you started writing, you went, um, I'm going to do nonfiction, right? So, we have talked to a couple authors who have similar... Like, they have writing as their job. So, that's a different difficulty when you're going home because if you do it all the time for your job, there's not necessarily joy when you go home to ghostwrite, correct? Right. So, um, then if you... Uh, so I can understand that, but you didn't go, no, I want to be a fiction writer and that's what I wanted to be, but I ended up writing corporate. You just wanted to write?
2: Just wanted to write. That's I've written a lot of different things. So I mean, you, you, some of my columns are fictional. Um, I make up a story to address a bigger point. Uh, I've written radio theater plays and stage plays and uh, just finished uh, uh, three episodes of a sitcom that I'm working on with a friend. Uh, so I've always done fiction. It's just and a few short stories here and there, but it's always been a question of do I want to write a full book? And so, I've never, like I said, I've never thought the novel had to be this thing I did, because I've written books. Then they're published by real publishers. So that's you know I've done that. I just decided I want to turn my attention to fiction, and that's just going to be one more thing I do. But it's it's my whole life has not been working up to that point.
0: I want to hear more about the sitcom. Can we go back you to can, that? Yeah, sure.
1: We, what is the name? Yeah. Of sitcom? Tell us about the sitcom. The Tell sitcom
2: us. is called Polk Fiction, as in Alexander Polk. The uh, <laughs> not pulp, <laughs> but it's it's about a uh, a woman who wrote the great American novel, and then sort of pulled a J.D. Salinger and went into hiding, and she uh, she wrote the book under a pen name, and so she never told anybody who she was. She owns a bookstore, which she runs and operates because. She's making all this money off the book, and in the first episode, she gets outed as being the author of this book, and so the other episodes kind of deal with how she, you know, she she has spent all her adult life trying to avoid people because she doesn't like them so much, um, and now they all want to be with her because she wrote this great book called so *Leaving she's Indiana*.
0: Outed as the author of the great American novel and hilarity ensues. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: Is it already picked up or is it something you no. guys are working on? We're Did-
2: working on. Um, my wife is the uh, is going to be the lead for this. She's also acting as the producer, so she's gonna start crowdfunding in March. So we'll be asking you all for money.
1: Um, I see why you going to be start... on this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I just wanted to get drunk. Mal. <laughs> Mel said we could get drunk, so I'm like
1: That's true, but you're not drinking awesome. a lot. I'm just gonna point that out. Yeah, I know. I'm I more gotta, than halfway well, through my drink and you're not
2: I'm talking and I don't wanna burp into the microphone. <laughs>
1: Nobody cares.
2: But um, nobody's listening. (laughs) People... What the hell? Hey, (laughs) hey.
1: Hey, hey, hey. The
2: truth hurts. Show me your
0: stats.
1: You know what? I have... We have, since we only started this this year... We've got
0: at least three listeners. We have over
1: 100 Facebook likes as of now. So I'm just going to point that out.
0: You're welcome. I was one of them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, we have over 99 organic Facebook likes. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, 98. This, this
0: podcast is enjoyed by tens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, know, you asked to be on this podcast. I did. So, okay, so you, you're writing the sitcom, you're writing plays. I've done a lot of plays, actually, and I'm working um, on a couple more scripts for actual um, films. It's a little bit different, isn't it, when you're talking about writing in that medium? Because unlike fiction stories, you're not... And I think this is probably, too, with journalistic stories, too. With fiction, you sometimes have to build a little bit of a world that you're telling people about, where when you're writing a screenplay or a play of any kind, you're showing people. Like, you're really writing the dialogue to show people what's Mm -hmm. happening instead of telling people what's happening. Right.
2: And I sort of got that from writing radio theater. Uh, I've always been a fan of radio theater and, and audio drama. And I would hear a lot of bad audio theater, like hey, you're pointing a gun at me, or hey, you've got a gun in your right hand. <laughs> it, and I've heard those, and it's, it's just terrible, but, you know... as a Look opposed, of fear. Yeah, exactly. You look
1: afraid as you're pointing that gun at me.
2: But, uh, but if you can show it with sound, you know, you have a sound effect of a gun cocking, and then the person says, hey, watch where you're pointing that thing, that creates the image that we're trying to say without saying, hey, you've got a gun in your hand. And so... Just carrying that forward, i've I've sort of applied that lesson to everything I've done uh, with fiction and nonfiction is just you know that whole showing as much as I can without resorting to exposition on the part of the uh,
0: of the speakers.
1: you know that's a really interesting point you bring up. Um,
0: yeah, that's good advice for any any genre, any creative enterprise.
1: No, it's true because it's interesting. I was recently reading a friend of mine's book, and I ran into a situation where there was a lot of descriptors. And, of course, as a friend, you're almost more forgiving than you are of somebody else. But um, you have the unique, just because of how you've been writing, going, you don't need five million descriptors. Because your column, for instance, I'm assuming is a certain amount of words, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to compact it. So you have to get the story across in that amount of time. Where sometimes fiction books... I'm just going to Passage of Plains, Plains of Passage, whatever, a Clan of K-Bear series where she described in chapters the grass and it drove me completely nuts. (laughs) Like I'd try to skip through that part because Clan of the K-Bear was amazing, but I don't need to know where the tree came from, what its leaves look like, why, you know, what happens when the season change. Nobody gives a flying crap about that. So you're not
0: into arboreal fiction.
1: Wow, you ju- did you just try? <laughs> Fuck you and your 25 cent words.
2: So, <laughs> when you strip out the narration, the story's like <laughs> 10 pages long.
1: Exactly. So, do you, uh, let's flip the tables now and go to you as a reader. So, what do you like to read?
2: Um, I like to read humor. Uh, so, especially uh, Christopher Moore and um, Dave Barry, of course. Uh, Chris Moore writes uh, humor novels.
1: I've read Chris Moore's novels. I love his
2: stuff. And uh, and I love British murder mysteries.
1: British murder mysteries? Yes, well, that's very specific.
2: There is nothing more enjoyable than British people killing each other.
0: <laughs> you know, I think many countries around the world would agree with you on that. Yep.
1: Here's the tagline for this episode. There's nothing more enjoyable than British people killing each other.
0: But I uh, I've read...
2: I love the series. So, like, uh, uh, M.C. Beaton, um, she's, she wrote uh, Hamish Macbeth and Agatha Raisin. She mm. just died uh, two weeks ago.
1: That's unfortunate.
2: Uh, Carolyn Graham, who did Midsummer Murders, which is on Netflix, the, the TV sound series. These all like
1: takeoffs of former novels. It's... They
2: are. Okay, just... Mm. Well, so, so M.C. <laughs> Beaton wrote, like, 35 Hamish Macbeth and 34 Agatha Raisins. Carolyn Graham wrote a couple dozen... Midsummer Murders, that became the series. Uh, P.D. James, uh, she wrote the Adam Duglish, and I forget the other one, uh, the series, An Unsuitable Job for a Woman. Ross's wife, his second wife from Friends, was the detective in the the series.
0: So mostly female- I'm sure it was the the actual person,
1: right? Not not Ross from Friends' actual wife.
0: Yeah, that, that would be, be great, though. Yeah, that was
2: her second career. She wow. divorced Ross, went and
0: solved mysteries. Wow. Okay, that, now hang on, because this is really interesting. Because you're a fan of this subgenre of a subgenre, I want to know how that informed a novel about the secession of Mackinac it Island. Didn't at all. I should that, be a that mystery is like writer. way off to the. Yeah, I should be
2: a mystery writer with all the mysteries that I read, but I don't know that I could write one. So I just
0: like to write humor. Okay, so all this that you have absorbed over the years, all this thematic and all this, you know, contextual material, that must have, like, found its way into your story. Oh, sure. I mean, just
2: everything I read, because Mackinac Island Nation is satire, Mm -hmm. and sort of my favorite books are all satirical, and so even Christopher Moore on one level is satirical. Uh, Chris Fowler is another one. and he's, uh, he's another mystery writer that I really like. We're also Twitter friends. And he wrote... Oh, he, oh wait, wait. He blurbed my <laughs> They're book. They're Twitter friends. We're Twitter friends. So not real friends. We only, like, chat on Twitter. That,
1: ca- that counts. I think That's Twitter, real. That can be even more real than an in-person friendship. Probably.
2: If, if you
0: die on Twitter, you die in real life.
2: <laughs> but he, he did uh, he did blurb my book. Uh, so I was always thankful for that. But, um, but like, satire has always been sort of at the root of everything that I want to do. And so if I can use humor to make a point, uh, in my business writing, I'll do it. Uh, you know, branding yourself has jokes in it. No bullshit. Social media was kind of a, a satirical title that that Jason and I liked. Um, my humor columns are mostly satire. And so I thought my first novel has to be satirical.
1: Has, um, even the, so you mentioned (laughs) a gun in one of your radio plays, possibly there was a gun. Um, have you written anything other than humor as far as, like, from a fiction? Because we talked about screenplays and radio plays and stuff like that.
2: No. No. I cannot no. write drama.
1: Really? Yeah,
2: I'm bad at it.
1: Why do you feel you're bad at it? Uh, Hold on, we're uncovering things. Uncovering. <laughs> I'm just remembering we have a video camera, so I'm adding this. Yeah, you're,
0: you're playing to the camera suddenly.
1: Because you are not. <laughs> Your back is away from the camera. Can I'm you at focused. least say hi?
0: I am focused on our guest.
1: What? <laughs>
0: You're an asshole.
1: Go ahead. It's so true. Why, it, You'd be yeah.
0: amazed how many people tell me that.
1: <laughs> oh, <No>, I would <laughs> So, could you? T- uh, why do you think you can't write something else?
0: Because
2: uh, I don't like to read it. I don't like to watch it. I don't like to be. <laughs> but so
1: mysteries are drama. Mysteries
2: are drama. Mysteries yeah, yeah, fair are point. different. But um, but that's different. But okay, like oh, okay. So
1: and there's a big wall put up. Like well, no. That's so
2: like different. literary fiction. Okay. Cannot stand literary fiction. You know, the story of You're my not sad life. On this oh, I know, I know.
0: Y'all you know, come <laughs> at me. You know the address to complain to. My, folks. Name, is, my name is
2: Mark Muncie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, don't do that. ErieFlorida.com. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to complain, you can always complain to drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. We'd be delighted for you to do
2: that.
0: That's right. I hate Harry Potter. And if you have a problem with that, then my name is Val Willis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, this is, so so most of those stories are like you know I had a horrible life and this is this is the book about it and I have enough sadness <laughs> and depression in my own life I don't want to be entertained
0: by that. Oh my! Goodness. I want to escape from. You know, entertained th- by sadness would be a great name for a book. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great. You name should for look a at game. writing that. <laughs> Maybe I will.
2: But, so I think but that's I want an to laugh.
1: interesting. I want to laugh. Being... I want
2: to make fun of things. I want to find. The weird uh, things that are going on, and, and laugh about that. And so, uh, my my favorite writing is geared toward that, and the writing that I like to do is geared toward that. Okay. And I think because of that, I don't want to write about, you know, my mom had cancer and died. I don't want to write about that. Uh, that's depressing, and I don't want to. I kind of don't want to relive that either. So, that's not what I'll ever write for people.
1: Okay. So one last question before we take our our momentary break. What two genres did you tag on Amazon then for your book?
2: (laughs) Humor and political satire. I
1: love it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, a couple seconds for you guys, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us, but you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors@gmail.com, at or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message, or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. I was trapped. <laughs> our producer is absolutely trapped. Are in... you? Okay, are we ready to go now? Okay.
0: And so that's where the body is buried. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just kept rubbing on the camel until the word modeling was completely obscured. (laughs) So, no, true story, true story. Good times.
1: So, um, we're back. (laughs) Either fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how one looks at it. So, what were we just mentioning that you would like Kraken Rum to sponsor us? I don't think that's the name yes. of it. Right? I'm, a, I'm a big this fan is? of Kraken. Kraken rum.
0: Yeah, so I think so, that should be our first uh, corporate sponsor for so Drinking if, with Authors.
1: If they want to do that, they can reach out
0: to yeah, us so. at Drinking with Authors. Whoever runs their social media program. Maybe. Okay,
1: well we'll tag them in this this too that they can be a sponsor for us and then every time we start the podcast we can say release the kraken like that.
0: Yeah, and they'll give us like a dollar seventy five per episode. <laughs> <rum> for <laughs> they'll 10 just years. probably
1: give us the rum. That's
0: it. That's better. That's, That's all you really need. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'd be I'd be okay with that.
1: Okay. So you were going to tell us of something. The story. Yeah. A a Dave story. Barry tell story. us the story. The oh Dave we're gonna Barry get story. a Dave Barry. My, my story.
2: brush with Dave Barry I uh, I had been writing columns for about 10 years or so, and I sent him a few with a letter that said, I, you know, I'd like you to read these and maybe give me some feedback on them, kind of your your blessing, your professional blessing on them. If you don't want to do that, then could you at least send me an autographed picture? <laughs> and a month goes by, and I get an envelope, and all that's in the envelope is an autographed picture.
1: <laughs> wow. Well... I think so a month is, no.
0: yeah, I think a it, month. It's nice that you gave him an out, though. I, I appreciate that. I actually wanted the autographed picture. <laughs> That's
1: a, you were like, I really I wanted the autographed
0: picture. Fuck him. Like,
1: <laughs> but we love you, Dave Barry, I, just in case you want to be on the show.
0: It hung on my office wall for a long time. <laughs> Dave Barry or the autographed
2: picture? The, the autographed picture okay. of Dave Barry. Next to my uh, autographed picture of Mr. Rogers. Mm.
1: You met Mr. Rogers? No,
2: I just got an autograph picture of him.
1: Okay, you could have just totally fucking made up a story right there about Mr. Rogers. Yeah, fiction oh, writing. Come on, Fiction. Man. It would have been humorous, so you could have written it. So what are you working on next? Let's talk about your endeavors in the future of the future.
2: So we talked about the sitcom. We're, uh, we're hopefully going to be shooting that around April, so that's uh, uh, coming up. I was going to start on one book idea. And then in the last two days, have just been derailed by another idea. That happens. And that so That happens now to I don't us know, all the time. I don't
0: know which one I'm going to work on.
1: Oh, tell us about it. We can we can pass judgment that means yeah. nothing to you.
0: T- tell us about both of them, and then like we can put it to a vote. So yes. the first one.
1: There's two of us, so we might come to a tie. Well, the
0: whole internet could vote on this. <laughs> this is true. All 100 listeners.
1: You know what? Say one like, more thing about our <laughs> listenership. I'm sorry, but there are trolls that are our listeners and they will take you down. One of them's named Amanda Bird.
0: Yeah. At least <laughs> at least half Bird of our listeners are Russian bots, but <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> Amanda Bird with a y. Com. Yes.
1: She will take your ass. No, go I, ahead. Tell I, us your I, ideas. I did,
2: Amanda, I was listening to you on the way down here. You do sound frightening, so I'm I'm saying all this in love.
1: Oh, I love that. Is it because she writes about serial killers?
2: (laughs) She (laughs) said she wasn't, but I don't know. No, none of us believe that. We lock
1: our doors now. It's fine. (laughs) So tell us. I move frequently.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So the the first book that I've been been thinking about is a a national news director, has a meltdown on national TV, and leaves the industry, gets hired to run a very small, rather shitty TV station in... Midland, Michigan. It always finishes second to a large religious TV station run by this mega church, uh, which tells you how bad the, the smallest station is. <laughs> and so he and a freelance journalist friend uncover some shenanigans at the mega church Ooh, and they try to figure out how to break the story.
1: I love shenanigans. Okay. Tell us part two. I'm i I'm already loving this story. <coughs> yeah, I think. So I, tell us part two.
2: That's got potential. The I read that. The other one, uh, I'm still working on the details. Uh, so I, I don't. I work from home, but I also have a co-working space that's in a mall in the uh, in the in a mall in Northeast Orlando. A co-working space in a mall. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That's pretty cool.
1: Ah, do you mean like a shopping mall?
0: A shopping mall.
2: Yep. So it's not
1: one of these shared office centers. You work. No, at, like the
0: National Mall, Erica. You know
1: what? Tone.
0: <laughs> like it's in the middle of the reflecting pool.
1: Tone. <laughs>
0: Like it's in the reflecting pool. No. So you,
1: okay, shopping mall. You know what? You are not ganging up on me on our podcast.
2: That's not happening. No, it's a proper shopping mall. It's the Oviedo Mall. Okay. And one of the uh, retail stores has been turned into a co-working space.
1: That is so bizarre. I
2: know. It's cool. It's the first one of its kind. And the company that does it is, uh, they're they're friends of mine. They're planning on taking this to uh, a national model where there are other co-working spaces and other malls. But walking around the mall, I got the idea for a story. What if you were to convert uh, an abandoned mall into like luxury housing? (laughs) (laughs) You could have a a 5,000 square foot house inside a mall.
0: And
1: that is not a bad idea, but you know what? That's know. almost more of a sitcom idea. I'm not going to lie, but I well, would actually put that to
0: script. But I'm taking it
2: one step further. Okay. It's a uh, it's a game show, a reality game show. Oh, my God. Where all the residents are like in the different wings of the mall, and they all are pitted against each other. Instead. We're going
1: to put this. This is already a copyrighted idea. This is going on YouTube and many other channels. So if anybody tries to steal this shit... We will back this man up, but that is a brilliant idea. And have
2: you killed in one of Amanda Bird's novels? Yeah,
1: (laughs) quote unquote novels. I'm not going to lie.
2: Case studies.
1: Yeah, case studies. You will die. Okay, she knows to leave her phone at home. So yeah, we should should put this out there
0: and let people vote, but I'm pretty sure that everyone is going to go for the whole shopping mall thing. Yeah, no That's offense, just, but
1: that is a much funner story. Yes. So, did, is that the one you just come up with? In the That's last the one couple that
2: derailed the other one.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. so I have a question though. If you go to write either one of these stories,
0: write the shopping mall story.
1: <laughs> if you go to write either one, shopping mall. Um, I want to know.
0: subliminal suggestion. Shopping mall. <laughs>
1: He'll have to listen. You know he'll listen to his own episode, hopefully several times so that we get lots of, only twice, whatever. That's
0: that's actually how we get listeners is the authors listen to their own podcast multiple times, (laughs) and that's actually where our stats come from.
1: Can you stop making us sound so terrible? People actually like us, but how long will the... Hi, Mom. (laughs) So, how long will this take you, do you think? Because you you told us the journey of the last one. Oh, if I that... fuck
2: around like I always do, it's going to be four years again. Okay. If so... I sat down and really worked it, I could do it in three months.
1: Okay. So, as a publisher as well, because I'm also a publisher, I can Yeah, did say... she
0: mention that? I well fucking no, kill but Val, you. Uh, I don't I know what's into you
1: today, but <laughs> I like that he's putting behind him. Nobody can see that on the camera. But Val Willis, over there. <laughs> Val Willis is actually here Yeah. She's a backup just in case I kill Austin on camera. <laughs> um, on camera. <laughs> so um one of the things because we were we talked about this in a previous episode is authors who have like these long times in between writing books and It's not really for the fans to say something about it, but us as fans kind of want to, because we were talking about George R.R. Martin, who I will junk punch if I ever meet him in person. (laughs) Sorry, don't want to be on that podcast. You should do it remotely. Um, (laughs) Because he, I mean, he's taken forever on this book. How do you feel about that? Like, as having been written journalism, but as you're talking about branding and stuff like that, so you have to, I'm assuming, have an opinion about, so long to publish right. a book.
2: And I've, I've thought about that. I've actually given this quite a bit of thought, uh, is is the difference between sort of that pulp writing um, and the pulp fiction writing. I've always been intrigued by that model, especially in the days of uh, now Kindle Unlimited <clears throat> and the idea that I can write a 30,000-word book every month if I really wanted to.
1: And Amazon could support us as well, by mm-hmm. the way. We'd buy lots of Kraken if you did that. Exactly.
2: <laughs> But um, so there's there's that model, and I'm intrigued by that, and and sort of want to explore the idea of doing that. But then at the same time, I, I sometimes question the art of it because you know I've I've heard of some of the different groups. I think I even joined. Uh, was it twenty to fifty k?
1: We keep touting them. They should also sponsor right. us. There's so
0: many <laughs> yes, they sponsor us. They do come up a lot on yeah. this podcast. But don't
2: then they? I, I sort of. See this more as I'm a marketer, uh, these, and they spend a lot of time with the marketing and the different uh, the, the different procedures and mechanisms and methods and tactics. And oh yeah, I guess I should have a book to go along with this tactic I'm doing. And so uh, sometimes I feel like the the authors lose sight of the art of what they're doing. And so so there's that there's that side, but then there's also the side of I need to not wait four years for my next book.
0: Right.
1: You know, I think you say that, but here's an interesting point, is when you look at, you know, I'm going to sort of uh, uncover something that I think needs to be talked about a little bit, is if you write... The Fault in Our Stars, and it takes off, and that's your first novel, and you're fantastic. And I just used that one because that was a debut novel. He actually did the audiobook himself initially. I don't know if he's since got it recorded elsewhere. And it took off, and they optioned it as a movie and this whole thing. You can be one of those people, which I think every author, regardless of genre, hopes to be one of those authors, mm-hmm. that they write their book, and it fucking skyrockets, right? But I think when you look at 20 books to 50K or any of these other things is, how do you get it to be where you can write as a living what you want to write? Exactly. Right? So... It sounds like, to me, you're already writing a lot of the stuff that you enjoy writing. I'm not saying everything, because I'm sure some of this corporate shit, you're like, I'm so glad my name's not on it,
2: right? <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm writing about how to insert a dildo properly in your bottom.
0: I would love to write about that. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, would but hate... what, what company would... Well, I mean, I guess there are actually...
1: Yeah, Todd, Superstore, guess... Adam and Eve. There's a lot yeah. of them out there.
0: Dildo companies. Dildo I mean, companies, yeah. just in
1: case. You know He's a... available.
0: Did you know there's a Dildo Newfoundland? Newfoundland?
1: No,
2: D I L D E A U X, huh? And they have a town mascot. I'm not <laughs> making this up. They have a town mascot, Captain Dildo.
1: Oh my God!
0: Captain <laughs> okay, Dildo,
1: wow. our co- podcast consigliere. I insist that you find that <laughs> so we can
0: post it. So Captain Dildo, Captain. Dildo. I would hate to disappoint Captain Dildo. And then, and
2: then, if you really want to go way back, uh, do a search for Captain Dildo, D I L D E A U X, and look for Bob and Tom. Bob and Tom was a nationally syndicated uh, morning radio show, uh, second only to Howard Stern in terms of audience and crudeness, and they did a song called Captain Dildo, and I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or Spotify. Wow. Okay. So go, well, go look for it, and then email the
0: show and report on the results. Yes. Okay. Well, I want to talk about another philosophy what, of on. writing. I didn't Hang on. I'm going to get to
1: my philosophy. Let okay. me finish Okay. You do your thing. philosophy,
0: and then I'm going to do my philosophy, okay. all right?
1: I wasn't doing a fucking philosophy. Um, But my point is, you know, it sounds like you're writing because you enjoy writing and not because you're trying to be that novelist. But I think, you know, with trying to get out there and trying to get the fan base to be able to be one of those authors when you don't have the Fault in Our Stars Mm -hmm. trajectory happen... You know, you almost have to, and I've talked about this with a lot of authors, not necessarily on this podcast, is you almost have to go, okay, how do I get to that point where I can do this for a living? And then you inject a different sort of craft to it, right? Because when people read, and trust me, I'm going to face the camera for this. I love romance novels, paranormal romance novels and erotica. It's some of the stuff that I write, but the fact of the matter is these people read Average five books a month. So that means there's yep. ones reading way more and way less. They want to buy, 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 buy. And there is a exact formulaic way, regardless of what you're writing about and what's there, that people want to see. Yep. You know, there's literally a five thing thing that you do with the book. Five thing thing. It is a five thing. I could explain all of that, but I'm not going to waste his podcast doing that. But it's how you write those kind of things regardless of the characters and whether they're werewolves or vampires or fairies or medusas or just normal people in some small town you know there's a way you do that sort of writing so when you're talking about it you're doing it because of a love of writing and not because you're like i want to write fiction books full time
2: right right exactly and and to be fair there's there's a lot of there's a lot of pulp writers when you go back to the 20s, 30s, and 40s, there's a lot of pulp writers who are just bad. But there are some that they still live on. Their books are still printed, still sold. Dashiell Hammett, Philip Marlowe, they were really good at what they did. And they were really good at it because they did it over and over and over again. But uh, but those books are classics, and people still buy them and read them. And I I think it was Raymond Chandler who, uh, I said Philip Marlowe, Raymond Chandler was Philip Marlowe, uh, Raymond Chandler had three. Just to confuse everybody who's yep. drinking
1: along with this podcast. Yeah,
2: I, <laughs> Fuck, boys. I'm hammered. <laughs> but um... Mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> That's what we do. We get authors and we get them fucking drunk. Yep. And then they say shit. Go ahead.
2: That's also a Letterkenny reference for any Letterkenny fans who are. <laughs> But anyway, he had three typewritten sheets hanging over his desk, taped, taped to the wall, about the formula for his stories. And at the start of every month, when he needed another hundred bucks, he would put the first sheet of the typewriter in and just start writing and look up and follow the formula. And you know, Private Eye sit in his office and a and a leggy dame walks in and she's got a problem and we're going to solve it. And I go out to solve it and I get hit on the back of the head and blah blah blah. And and it follows that formula over and over and over again. <laughs> but it was so successful. And so there's a reason why those books were so popular. There's a reason why. That's still a successful model now. So I may turn up my nose and poo poo the lack of art at it, but it works. And there are people who are making six figures because they do it well. And they are good writers who, in 50, 100 years, will still be talking about them because they're good at what they do. But you don't want to be one of those writers, or you do?
0: I secretly do. But, it's sort no, of, but now you've said it on a podcast, so it's not yes. a secret yeah. anymore. It's
2: sort of the reason that I, even though I'm from Indiana, I hate basketball.
1: Oh, hate, dear God. Can you stop alienating well, no, listeners?
0: No, listen, uh, listen, you know the I'll email tell, address to complain to, folks. I'll
2: tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret. <laughs> I'm not good at basketball. I can't play it. I've tried to play it, so I decided instead of being How sad. are you watching it? Uh, I'm okay, (laughs) but instead of being sad and accepting the fact that I can't play basketball, I just say, well, basketball's dumb, (laughs) and I don't mention that I can't play it.
1: Thank you for any troll on the internet. You just describe them.
2: (laughs) So it's the same thing with with this kind of uh, uh, pulp writing. I think it's dumb because I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I can't do it. I'm not good at it. I don't have the patience and the, really the time to put it out. And so rather than just looking on the sidelines and going, I wish that was me, I go, you're all fucking stupid. <laughs> AKA feel,
1: internet troll.
2: And then I feel better about myself. Do you? <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> Cause hey, that's all that I matters. put on
1: a shiny new shirt and walk out for the day. <laughs> okay,
0: the the so- difference
2: is I don't put put comments about why people are dumb.
0: we just, everyone assumes. So, (laughs) what is it that you are satirizing? I mean, tell me about, okay, so Mackinac Island is isolated. It secedes, right? So, what is the, what was your wellspring of satire here?
2: It was really sort of the political system, and it was the way, when you look at, at, you know, quote-unquote, the little guy, how... The average person gets treated by corporate America, by the government. You know, you can't go through TSA at the airport without getting an anal probe Mm -hmm. and a shoe exam.
0: Uh, I have to pay a little extra for that, actually.
1: (laughs) I was going to say Austin pays super extra for that, and he wants to reach around.
0: (laughs) That is just goddamn common courtesy. (laughs) That's... That's what the TSA pre-check gets.
2: (laughs) But there's, so there's that, there's, you know, you you can't really get favorable customer service from these large corporations. They're too busy trying to take as much of our money as we can, and they know we'll put up with it, whatever they do to us, because we still need our cell phones, we still need our satellite services, and so they screw us whenever they can. And I thought, I want to sort of make fun of this, draw people's attention to it by just Showing how badly we are treated, when we're supposed to be the people that they, you know, they come to. We're, you know, the Mackinac Island. You have to have a lot of money to live on Mackinac Island, so it's a lot of rich white Republicans, and despite their rich white Republicanness, they still get screwed.
1: You know, what's interesting you say that. A friend of mine brought up to me this week, which I didn't realize, in 2012, Disney changed their logo. <laughs> we might be out of business here soon, then I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> but they changed their logo, and I forget exactly what it was, but it was something about making people, like being the happiest place on earth, to being... Um, something very corporate, and I'm not saying it correctly because I could have looked it up had I known any of this, but it's interesting if you go look up this logo, go ahead and search it, it stopped being about happy people, and it started being about the corporation doing well and stuff like that, which is interesting because you look at any large corporation who doesn't have, we want people to be happy and doing well and focused on customer service, and then you have the joke always that you... You call and you get someplace, usually in another country, answering questions for you with literally no care. They have a script book and goes, oh, they're talking about this. Flip to that page, mm-hmm. let me read you that script instead of actually caring about what you think.
2: Yep. And so the book was going to satirize all that. And and I also wanted to satirize. Was it going
1: to or did?
2: <laughs> well, it did. Okay. But then that was sort of the original intent was I was going to do that. But then I was writing this. In 2017 and 2018, after the 2016 election had already happened. And so I kind of pushed the book back a few years. It takes place in 2015. And so there are some scenes where there's a... Because Mackinac is now an independent nation, there are certain countries that want to have embassies (laughs) on the island because it means they can spy on America more easily. (laughs) So what country? So like the Russians show up, uh, the French, the Canadians...
1: Wait, wait, why did the French show up? I didn't figure they'd like let's call it a I, sandwich.
2: I forget I forget the order, but uh I, I
0: Well they I, like the way Mackinac is spelled because it has a C that's it not is, pronounced. That's the French so spelling. yeah.
2: But I have it's not really a scene, but it's a description of a scene where like the Egyptians, the Canadians, the French, the Egyptians. Russians. The spies are all sitting in different restaurants, and they're all spying on each other in sort of a circle. So imagine <laughs> I'm spying on Austin. Austin is spying on Adam. Adam is spying on Erica. Erica is spying on me. Who's spying on Val? Val's off of doing her own thing. Okay. Uh, Val is Sweden,
1: so Val, she's not involved.
2: Val is... you, mean, you mean Switzerland?
1: <laughs> Whatever.
2: Val is the Cuban guy. Who... <laughs> I have a, a, a guy... <laughs> I have a Cuban spy who, while every other government pays to buy a house uh, on the island to turn into their embassy, the Cuban guy has to get a room at an Airbnb and take a part-time job at one of the restaurants where the French, uh, the French
0: spies are spying on the Canadians.
1: Why would anybody fucking want to spy on a Canadian? I mean,
0: what do you want, maple? <laughs> oh, now the Canadians are mad at us. Oh, my God, Eric. I cannot... You know, this episode, I'm going to piss everyone off. <laughs> We're not even going to be able to air this.
1: Canadians will be like, it's okay, don't you know, for talking to us. Don't mention us That's, again now, on that Now you've podcast. got the entire
0: upper Midwest mad at us. Okay, so I assume that you are familiar with the secession of Key West. Yes. Right. Was it? Was there a certain inspiration there? Sort of, because sort of inspiration I, I'm picking there. up some some common yep. themes here.
2: So well, and, and the reason the island was forced to secede was it was it goes back to the War of 1812, uh, and the Treaty of Ghent, uh, which was signed in 1814. And in my story, not in real life, a lot of people have asked if that really happened. No, it did not happen. <laughs> but in the story, the Canadians asked the Americans, "Could we give Mackinac Island?" to the Ottawa and the Chippewa as a thank you for helping us out in the war. And the Ah. Americans say, sure, I don't see why not. What are you thinking? And the Canadians say, I don't know. Let's say 200 years. We'll all be dead, and so we won't have to deal with it. But they will think that we've done something nice for them, and they'll be happy. And the Americans say, you know what? That's a great idea. And so (laughs) right now all
1: the Indians hate us. Okay. So,
2: and so nobody discovers this until two weeks before (laughs) July 1st, 2015, when it's supposed to happen. And because it's the law and because this is the treaty that pretty much has sort of set the stage on how we interact with Great Britain 200 years later, they have to follow it. And so Mackinac is forcibly given independence Whether they wanted it or not, and Congress is going to repatriate, but it's an election year coming up, and they want to campaign on Mackinac, and they want to have hearings, and they want to have investigations, and they want to accuse their political opponents of being soft on Mackinac. And so (laughs) it's going to take a couple of years before they finally get this all sorted out.
0: Hashtag soft on Mackinac. (laughs) Yep, I I
1: literally <laughs> want to see that hashtag trending. <laughs> this is very extensive, actually. Did you do a lot of research for this?
2: Not a lot, but quite a bit. I
1: not a lot, but quite a bit. I didn't spend.
0: This is our first Treaty of Ghent reference, I think, in yes. the entire history of this podcast. I didn't spend months and
2: months researching. If I, you know, if I needed to know something, I would look something up. Um, I would find Google a lot of,
1: could sponsor us as well. Yeah, uh,
2: like they've got they've got some money. Yes. Yeah. there are a couple of scenes where there are congressional hearings, and if people are reading it, they might notice that hey, these are all a bunch of old white guys. This is not what Congress looks like, but um, <laughs> but all the names of the of the congressmen who are leading this investigation. If you look back, Wikipedia, eighteen fourteen congressmen. They are all those
0: Easter eggs folks, Easter eggs. Yeah, a lot Easter of, eggs. For you history nerds.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's who it was for. So so all the all the congressmen who are mentioned and the states that they represent in those chapters are real congressmen from 1814 and the states that they uh, represented. So like if you read it, nobody east or I'm sorry, nobody west of Illinois even
0: gets a mention. Okay, wow. so we need to close out with some branding.
1: Yes. Okay, you need to show us how to find you. How do we find you?
2: Uh, so, first got to know how to spell my name properly. So, spell it. It's E-R-I-K. Deckers is D-E-C-K-E-R-S. There are only six of us in the entire world, and five of them are from Belgium. So, if you Google my name, you will find me. All unless,
0: signatories on the Treaty of Ghent. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> unless it's unless a, a webpage is in Flemish, it's going to be me. So, go to E. Deckers on Twitter. Go to Eric Deckers on Instagram. And if you go to ericdeckers.com, it will take you to my uh, humor column website. And then just anything that you find when you Google, that's going to be me.
1: And the name (laughs) of your book again?
2: Mackinac Island Nation. Mackinac is spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-A-C because that's the French spelling. Because the French love invisible consonants. Yes. (laughs) And they have a word for everything.
1: Wonderful. I want to thank you again for... Oh, I'm sorry. You're the host. You should do this.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's right. As the host of Drinking With Authors, I would just like to say thank you very much to Eric Deckers for being with us today. And I would also like to thank my sidekick and sometimes co-host, Erica Lance. You're (laughs) And I would give her an opportunity to say her own name, but no.
1: (laughs) You're a dick. Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, if you want to direct message us, you can do that on Instagram with Drinking With Authors. On Twitter, I think it's drinking W Authors.
2: Drinking W Authors.
1: And on Facebook it's Drinking With Authors. And you can always email us at drinkingwithauthors at dreammail.com. Gmail Dreamail. <laughs> Can you hear me? At <laughs> Gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you in the next time.